Welcome to Mom Blogging Unplugged, where we go behind the scenes on all the things that people won't tell you about this crazy mom blogging world. I'm your host, Erica. I'm a mom of two, marketing expert, blogger behind Mumbreak, and lover of all things deep fried. I think that this world of mom blogging is a bit too cagey, so I am going to bring on guests for you who will answer all the tough questions and things that people don't usually talk about. I want to help take your blog to the next level by giving you the real information without beating around the bush. One of the questions that I get asked the most on Instagram is, how do you do so much? How do you do it all? So I want to lift the veil behind what is actually happening in the back end and how I managed to, and I'm doing air quotes here while I sit in my hotel bedroom in Toronto, do it all. Because the number one secret to this is that I absolutely do not do it all. And I know one ever will be able to. And I think anybody who tries to put on the illusion that they're able and capable of doing it all without having like a full-fledged mental breakdown every month or without letting something major in their life suffer is completely full of shit. (laughs) There is not one person in the entire world who's capable of doing everything. And I really want to stop and get people to think that you don't have to do it all. You are not the person who is responsible for making everything in the world tick. So I'm going to share a little bit about the tips and tricks about how I accomplish my goals and how I move things forward in my life. But I want to be very clear that that does not mean that I am doing it all. Number one is that is exactly the point. You cannot do it all. That's where we're getting into trouble on social media these days is that people are starting to compare their lives to other people. But let's be real people. Not anybody, nobody out there lives the same lives. We have no, people may live sort of parallel lives or similar lives. There may be moms who are listening right now who have two kids the same age as me and maybe live in a similar area as me and have, have this, have similar lives, but all of the traits and qualities and activities and lifestyles and habits and goals, none of those things mesh up perfectly. So therefore that trickles down into the things that we're doing on our daily day-to-day lives will not be the same thing. So if I look and compare to Mary Jo around the corner who has two kids, who is coming always at school with their kids dropped off and clean clothes, no boogers on their face, always has fresh food, their kids' health, lunches are a bit healthier. I see on Instagram that she has sensory activities set up all the time. That may be because that's a priority for her and that's something that she values and that may not be something that I value. So I'm not spending time on those things and I'm spending my time sitting in a hotel room doing a podcast for you guys. And it may look like I am doing it all because I'm putting on a podcast and my kids are still fed and they're changed and they're happy. But again, it comes down to different priorities. So you will not be able to ever do it all because you do not know what's going on behind closed doors in someone else's house and you don't know the support that they have and you don't know a whole bunch of different factors. So I'm going to walk through the next few steps on how I organize my life and how I prioritize things that I do on a day-to-day basis. And the number one thing that I do is I am very super acutely aware of how much time I have to do things. And I wasn't always this way. But I ended up listening to a webinar 
a while back about someone who manages their time, time management, and it was sort of one of her tips was to spend a week and track your time and to see where exactly you're spending your time in the day because where you think you are, you have time to spend, you may not actually. And one of the tools that I use to do this is an app called Now Then. It's a free app. I use it for iPhone. And I spent a whole week, um, about six months ago, actually tracking everything down to the micro nitty gritty detail from the how much I'm spending cooking to how much I'm spending cleaning to the how much I'm spending time like physically getting on the floor and playing with my kids versus how much time I'm spending my husband, how much time I'm spending blogging, how much time I'm spending doing generic housework things. Really, every single task that I was doing, I tracked and I got a little obsessive over it, but it was so eye-opening because when I looked back at it, I had a very, very real perspective of how much time I could allocate to each of these activities. And then I actually would look and see maybe, for instance, I was spending too much time doing one thing or not enough time doing another. And therefore, I was able to now look look ahead and figure out how much I can do in a day. So realistically, I was planning that I could work on mom break like 30 hours a week. And I looked back and I was like, I do not have 30 hours a week to spend on mom break. And I am not working that much on it because, hey, guess what? I'm spending time at the park with my kids and I'm doing laundry and I'm making dinner and those things are important to me. So I had to make sure I was prioritizing them. But that meant that I only had a very set amount of time in the day. And that was on a good week. What happens if the kids got sick or we went away on vacation or, you know, any of the one other one million and ten things that could happen living with two young kids, the like the <laughs> lists of unknown are kind of endless. So I established through that activity basically that I am now, right now, planning my life so that on the mum break stuff, I spend more, no more, I plan, sorry, and I'm going to be very clear on this. I actually, when I sit down and plan, I'm going to talk about this in a second, when I sit down and plan out how much time I have in a week to do stuff, I am only planning to be working on my blog one hour a day. And that it, it changes week to week, but I, when I'm sitting down and thinking I have you know X number of projects to do, podcasts to record, whatever... I am planning that I have a total of seven hours a week that I can spend on it. So if it comes up where, hey, you know what, I have this extra event that I want to go to, or I want to take on a new project, or I want to, hey, maybe start a Pinterest account, which I started lately, and I was like, oops, don't have time for this. I, If I'm already at my max seven hours a week, I, it's really easy, hey, guess what, I probably shouldn't be doing this, or something else needs to get bumped or outsourced, because there is only so much time in the day and you can't manufacture time. It is not something that you can, you know, poof out of thin air unless you're deciding that you're going to be outsourcing and then that's a budget conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's really important the first step in trying to figure out how to, you know, do do it all, again, air quotes, is to figure out how much time you actually have in a day. And tracking your time is a good start. And number two is I also 2x everything. And when I say I 2x everything, what that means is 
let's say I'm planning life out and I say, I want to write this blog post and it's going to take me an hour. I'm actually saying, you know what? I'm thinking it's going to take an hour, but I'm actually going to schedule it for two hours. So I two X, I two times the amount of time it takes. And nine times out of 10, that two X is the more realistic amount of time that it takes to get it done. And if it only takes an hour bonus, I have a free hour that I can do something else on the blog, or I can do a workout, or I can spend an extra time with my kids, or I can take on a project at home that I was really looking forward to. I can sit and watch Bachelorette for an hour. It's bonus time, but I 2x everything. So knowing how much time you're spending, I use the app now then, and then 2xing all the things that I'm planning to do by a factor of two. So if I think something's going to take half hour, I schedule it for an hour. If I think something's going to take 10 hours, I schedule it for 20 hours. And then therefore I'm not left in a state where I'm over scheduling my life and feeling overwhelmed about everything 24 hours a day. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about the fresh 20. This is a meal planning system that I've been using with my family that has made things so much easier. Every Friday, I get a dinner meal plan in my account that tells me the five dinners that I'm going to be having that week, and it gives me my grocery list, how much the groceries will cost, what ingredients I can prep ahead of time, and then step-by-step instructions for the meals for each day. The thing I love about it so much is that every Sunday, I open my meals, take a look at my grocery list, and it literally takes me three minutes to order them on Instacart, and I schedule my grocery delivery for when nap time starts. When the groceries get here, I spend 20 to 30 minutes prepping the ingredients for the week, put them in glass containers in the fridge, and then when Monday rolls around, I basically just assemble the ingredients for the meals and cook the protein. I chose the paleo menu options, but you can choose between classic, vegetarian, gluten-free, dairy-free, or vegan. And you get meals for the week you don't need to think about that are easy, delicious, and quick to make. This is one of those hacks that saved me so much time in my week and is still feeding my family super healthy and delicious meals. So if you want to take a look at their options, you can head to mumbreak.ca slash thefresh20 to learn more because this is one of those hacks that will make life so much easier. Which leads me to my second point, and I think this is something... We don't often talk about, and it's not put at the front of the conversation, regardless of if you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, um, you're a stay-at-home working mom, whatever it is, I think it's so, so, so important to know your goals and to know what you're trying to accomplish, because regardless of what that is. You need to, before you create the path of activities and the path of things that you're going to be doing. You need to know where you're going first. And it does, again, it doesn't matter what scenario in life you're in. You could, uh, you could be a stay at home mom who really wants to, you know, maybe get getting in shape is an example I hear all the time, but if you want to be able to do, um, run a 5k, let's say for example, that is your goal. Your goal is to run 5k. So the path of activities you take are likely going to be things like running and maybe a little bit of light strength training. You're not going to be uh, spending your time, oh my goodness, what do I, I don't know, swimming. Yeah, swimming is good for you, but if your goal is to run a 5K, spending hours a day swimming is not going to be something that really helps in a clear, effective way move the needle towards being able to run a 5K. 
if you are a working mom, maybe your goal is to feel less overwhelmed in the sort of variety of tasks that you're doing. You're, you're juggling work. If you have people who report to you at work, you're juggling all those people. You're juggling a relationship with your partner. Likely you are juggling kids at home. Like there's a lot of different things that require different levels of commitment that you're juggling. So maybe you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and your goal is just to live happy, less overwhelmed, more fulfilled life. Your path to that maybe things like meditation or maybe things like not committing to every single thing people ask you. But you have to figure out what your goal is before you can actually take the steps and take the action to getting there. And the really cool thing about having clarity in your goals is, and there's there's so many different ways you can set goals and this is not what this is about. There are, you know, like you talk about smart goals and a whole bunch of things that being specific and measurable and actionable and realistic and time, like there's just goal setting is a whole other thing. But the point is, is that if you don't have a clear goal in mind, you won't have a clear path and that might be okay. That might be what works for you. But if you still want to accomplish something, you need to know what that goal is in order to establish the route there because you can't plan something unless you know where you're going. You're not going to plan out your trip itinerary and your route on vacation to a miscellaneous destination. I'm in Toronto right now, and we, to, in order to drive here and get here, we needed a route and a, like a map. Well, we know how to get here because it's not hard. It's the 401 from Ottawa. But you need to know exactly where you're going, and you need to know how much time you have in order to get here. And if we didn't know we were coming to Toronto, we may have just been driving God knows where, doing God knows what. And that works for some people, but not all the time. You don't just get in the car and go like, hey, let's just drive for the sake of driving. Let's just spend gas and energy and time for the sake of driving. You want to spend that gas and that energy driving towards that location. So If you haven't already sat down and figured out what your goals are, you need to know those before you get started on the next few things that I'm talking about. And this next one I'm going to tell you about is actually something that was very much one of those moments where I I was like, why was I never doing this before? This is one of those aha moments where it's so simple, yet so holy shit, this has changed everything. You might be already doing this. If you are, kudos to you. If you're not, maybe you're going to have this aha moment as well. But I, as soon as I stopped planning out my activities and tasks by the day and changed out the activities and tasks to by the week, everything got better. So let me tell you how I was doing it before. I was setting my goals and tasks and objectives, and I was doing sort of a rough weekly plan. But when I did that weekly plan, I said, hey, on Monday, I have to do this. On Tuesday, I have to do this. On Wednesday, I'm going to be doing this. And what that did, especially as a stay-at-home working mom with two kids, my schedule is very unpredictable. Some days, naps go great. Some days, kids are perfectly well-behaved. Other days, you know, all hell, whatever that expression is, all hell breaks loose and the kids are evil and and no one's sleeping or someone's sick or we're spending time at the doctors or 
there's no consistency in my days. And even if you have, you know, even if you're a working mom who works, let's say kind of nine to five, the more traditional hours, you're still going to come home and Hey, guess what? Maybe your kid, you know, got into a fight at school and they're bleeding and upset, or maybe they just don't want to talk to you. They want to go hang in their room and you have more time, but there's not a lot of predictability when it comes to kids. So I shifted my way of planning to by the week. So every week what I do is on Sunday, I sit down and I say, here, I look at my goal. I said, this is the goal that I'm trying to achieve. And here are the tasks that I need to do in order to get me closer to that goal. But I do not take the extra step to say on Monday, I need to record a podcast. On Tuesday, I need to schedule these blog posts. On Wednesday, I have to go to the gym because those things aren't necessary. Those 99% of the time, they never happened like that. And I left, was left feeling crappy about myself. And like, I was always catching up and always failing. So what I do now is I make that list of, let's say five or six tasks based on how much time I have in my day. I know that I have seven hours a week. I do not plan my week for more than surprise, seven hours. And every day I wake up and I say, what do you think I can accomplish today? And I pick a very achievable amount of tasks that add up to typically about an hour a day. But if it's a day that works really well, I can go back to that weekly task list and add more. But I go on a case by case basis. It is not planning to the day anymore. It is planning by week. And that is something that really, truly made a world of difference for me. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about is when I pick my tasks of what I'm going to be doing, it is entirely based on the goals that I'm trying to achieve. And I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see, and it makes me sort of want to pull out my hair and just scream to people like, why are you doing these things? Because if you have to, if you have the goal in mind, you have to figure out the tasks to get to that goal. So let's again use the example of my goal was to get to Toronto. I'm on a girls weekend right now. I'm hiding from my family because I realized I needed a break and I was just at my max. So I'm taking the weekend away to recoup. I'm in Toronto. What are the things that I needed to do to get to Toronto? We needed to fill the car up with gas. I needed to pack my luggage. I needed to um, make arrangements for... Um, a couple of things for the kids while they were gone. My husband's crushing dad life right now, but there's a couple things that only I was managing that I had to do ahead of time. Otherwise they're completely fine and I don't worry about them. There, there's things that I needed to do in order to get to Toronto, book a hotel. We made a few reservations for dinner. I bought my Wonderland tickets. Like these are things that I had to do before I got here. And let's say if I'm picking which activities and tasks to do, what I see people doing all the time is if they're trying to get to Wonderland, the tasks that they're picking are to send them to like freaking Australia. (laughs) Like they are doing tasks that are not related at all to their goal and will not get them to their goal. And therefore maybe there's just a fun task that they're, it's a passion project or it's, something that fills them up, which is great. But again, if you only have an hour a day to spend on something, or if you only have a limited amount of time to do something, you should be doing those tasks that get you to Toronto, not to Australia. 
So let me think of a real example. Let's say your goal is to get a paid partnership with a company. Let's just say, for, for example, a salad company. You really want to work with this company that makes these amazing salads. They're super easy. They fit with your brand, your style. You use them in your everyday life. You want so badly to work with this salad company. You have the option in your day, let's say, to spend 30 minutes. I'm going to even use less than an hour a day. You have 30 minutes a day to spend on blogging. And your goal is to work with this salad company. So what are you going to use your time to do if you only have 30 minutes a day? Now, you may look at your list and think, okay, I have to post to Instagram. I have to post to Facebook. I'm going to make this cool YouTube video. I am going to, like, I mean, these are a million different things you could be doing. I'm going to send out an email to my audience. I really want to meet with these cool bloggers at a local hotspot Like there's just so many things you could be doing, but if your goal is to work with a salad company, what should you be doing? Hey, guess what? You should probably be messaging them or spending time on a pitch to this company. That should be the first and only thing that you do in order to accomplish your goal. You should not be joining pods to, you know, fake your engagement. You should not be doing contests. You should not be, because these things, while they're great if you have all the time in the world, if you only have half an hour a day and your goal is to work with salad company, salad, Sarah, Sarah salads by Sarah. I don't know. I'm just picking a fake name. Obviously (laughs) it's, if your goal is to work with salads by Sarah, then, hey, guess what? Maybe don't spend your time in Instagram pods or maybe don't spend your time, I don't know, just posting random shit on Instagram. Yes, those are things that are important. Those are things that should be done at some point, but you have a goal that you've established. You want to get, let's say, a $100 paid partnership with Salads by Sarah. Spend your time crafting a great pitch. Maybe spend your time making salads and posting pictures about salads. All of the tasks that you should be doing should be targeted towards the goal you're reaching. And this is by far the biggest mistake I see people making. Like I get people asked all the time and I see, I see them doing it and I see the questions they ask and nine times out of 10, when I give them advice, they don't care because they get tunnel vision focusing on what they think they should be doing. But if you have a goal, you know what your time is and you know what your limitations are you need to be picking tasks that will move you towards the goal and only those tasks. And that sounds really black and white. And that sounds like it's not leaving room for passion projects and creativity. But I'm using the example of, let's say you've specified that you have half an hour a day to spend on blogging and that's it. Why are you spending the half an hour a day on pods or taking a course that like I, my course, I love my course, but it's not right for everybody. And I flat out will tell you that the course Mom Blogging 101, if, I, I mean, I have someone who um, I chat with a lot, who's, I know, taken a lot of courses, I know who has limited time, and I think the course would be great for her, but I also know that this individual has like maybe 10 minutes a day to spend on blogging. So they already have taken a million different courses that I know of, so they should be implementing what they know from those And they should be implementing what they need to do in order to reach their goals and not spending time just beating around the bush, taking more courses, pick, know your goal and pick tasks to go towards that goal. Otherwise, you know what? You'll just never accomplish the goal. It's a hobby and that's okay. 
but don't sit there and say, I'm never going to reach this. I'm looking for easy shortcuts because there are no easy shortcuts. You just have to do the work. There's, there's so many people I know that they have the tools to be able to do what they want, but they just keep sort of trying to find alternate routes to get there. But the only way to get there is to actually just hop on the 401, put gas in the car and drive to Toronto. It's a long drive. It's a boring drive, but you got to do it. Okay. That got a little preachy, but it's, it's the biggest mistake I see people making. And it, it drives me freaking nuts because there's so many people I think could be doing really amazing things, but they're not doing the right things. And they think that there's a better way or an easy way, but the way to do it is just to do it. That's it. Just to start, just to do it and to keep focusing on the goal that you're trying to reach, not to get distracted by like, you know, like a squirrel, squirrel or a goldfish distracted by things along the route. So you're trying to get to Toronto, you see something at a pit stop and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to stop there and take a detour through the country and end up in Montreal. Like <laughs> it's so hard. And that's where actually I talk a lot about it in my, um, an earlier podcast and it's all about saying no. So if you know what your goal is, then you know what you can easily say no to. And that's important as well. Okay, and the last thing that I really do to help me kind of, again, air quotes, get everything done in the day is by blocking my time. And what I mean by blocking my time is that I separate my day into similar activities and only do those activities during that block of time. So for example, my day is going to look very different than your day or may look slightly similar, but I want to show you how I have chosen to block my time. I wake up two hours before the kids. That's my choice because I'm a morning person. After three o'clock, I can accomplish nothing and I go to bed naturally really early. So I've just chosen to shift my day. So I wake up two hours before the kids and I work on the sort of important tasks that I deem to be the closest to accomplishing my goal. And I work on those in the morning, every morning. And I do that. I have two hours chunk that I kind of actually dub my morning time. It's like my me Erica time where I get to do whatever I want. And so again, I spend two hours of that working on the blogging stuff. And I I know that I told you earlier, I only spend an hour a day on blogging, but that's, I plan an hour a day on blogging uh, and I still have that two hours. So if it goes over, great. If not, then I use the time for something else. Like I will clean or do laundry, whatever it is. It's just, I've carved out those two hours to spend on myself. And I sort of use them however I want, depending on what I need in that moment. Sometimes I wake up and uh, I really feel like I need to go to the gym. I need to burn off some steam. So I go do some kickboxing. Most of the time, I'm at least spending an hour a day on a blog or um, on blogging, which would literally be the thing that I need to get to that goal. So let's say my goal is to make like $20,000 on some product. Then what do I need to do to get there? Those are the, t- those are the tasks that I spend my time and energy on. Now, the next block that I do, I call kid time. So my kid time is from 6.40, and that's a very specific time, and I'll tell you in a second why, but from 6.40 to um, about 12.30. So 6.40 till 12.30 is the time of day where I allow myself to not think about blogging, to not think about 
like random stuff that I kind of, that pops into my head. That's the time in the day where I focus on the kids and keeping kids alive and feeding them and spending quality time with them. And that doesn't mean to say that I don't do other things in those times, but my priority is the kids during that time. And it's 640 because if I go to the gym in the morning, I have to be back by 640 so that my husband can go to work. So he will wake up with the kids, get the kids up. I'll be at the gym and at 640 I'm home and I'm parenting. That may mean that I'm not able to have a shower, whatever, but that's the time. If I can squeeze in the shower by throwing the kids in front of the TV, then great. If not, eh, not a big deal. So 6.40 to 12.30 is my time to do with the kids. It ends abruptly at 12.30 because Austin goes down for his nap, and you better believe that I'm putting him down for his nap at 12.30. And he is a great sleeper, thanks to Erin at the Happy Sleep Company. She sleep trained him, and... Like 1230 is when he goes down and then he wakes up at like 230 to 3. So I have that time. That is the time. I also allocate time to spend on blogging or whatever else of a priority that comes up. That's what I do. So I have that nap time to myself. Aubrey is um, in quiet time in her room. So she needs to decompress. So I stick her in the room with the iPad, her room with the iPad. And I have, usually I can plan for on a very, like 90% of the time I get two hours to do something in that time. And I usually use it for whatever, again, comes up, but it is my me time. If I am exhausted and I have had a day, I use that time to lie down and like listen to a podcast or decompress. I'm not a napper, but I will lie down and try to do something in bed that's slow. If I have a project or a due date that's late or coming up, then I spend the time on the blogging project. If I um like have a birthday or something important for family coming up. It's that's sort of my secondary alone time in the day that I carve out. Then whenever Austin wakes up until bedtime, that is family time again. And then my husband gets home. It, it depends on the day. He could be home at four. He could be home at seven. Like it, it, it changes every day. So I just plan to focus on feeding the family, dealing with them. I don't let other things interfere. And that's part of how I view blocking. I have blocked off from, let's say just rough time from three to seven to spend with my family. So I am not planning to answer emails. I am not planning to go to the gym. I am not, these are things that I'm planning and I'm okay spending time with my family. I also, in my blocking, I, um, will plan to do set activities in every block every day. So For instance, in my alone time, me block at the very beginning of the day, those two hours in the morning, I always will put on the laundry first thing in the morning. So I'll bring a load of laundry down, I'll put it on and then go get my coffee. Like that's my process. So there's things that I do in each block that I know I'm doing every single day in those blocks. So I just plan to do it and that's when it's blocked to do. Anyway, so after the kids go to bed, what happens is we block a sort of house cleaning time. My husband and I run around like chickens with our heads cut off, cleaning, tidying, getting things done and ready for the next day. So that's things like I set the coffee maker to go off in the morning. We sweep up all the shit from that was on the floor from the day because I only do it once a day now at the end of the day. We um, sweep, swiffer, wipe down the surfaces, put away the toys, and that's pretty much it. And then we block like 45 minutes to an hour of date time where we spend time either sitting and having a glass of wine or sitting and having a cup of tea, depending on how the day went, or sitting and watching a Netflix show. There's only a few shows that we actually watch together, and that's the time that we do it. 
and then I go to bed. And I'm because I wake up at 4 a.m., I'm in bed by 9 every night. Like, I'm asleep. <laughs> asleep at 9 because I'm freaking tired at that point. But that's what I do is I block my day so that I am okay knowing that, let's say, from 6.30 to 12 or 6.40 to 12.30, I don't need to get any blogging stuff done. I know that it's not – It's. It, I don't have to even think about it. I can enjoy my time with the kids. I know that – there will be another block coming up that I can work on. And what I've done actually is I've created a mum blocking guide. You can go to um, mumblocking.com. I think it's the URL. I'll double check that and put it in the notes. But you can go to my website, mumbreak.ca, and search mum blocking. And you can download the step-by-step templates of how you can establish this in your day because your day and will look very different than my day. And I get a lot of comments of, well, I can't, t- I can't block time because of X, Y, or Z. Like you can, but it doesn't need to look like my day. Your day is different than my day. And where I said you can't plan on a day-to-day basis, you absolutely can't plan the nitty-gritty little tiny details, but you can still structure your days to look somewhat similar. It may, my, for example, some days maybe look a little different than others, but generally it's the same. So Aubrey's in daycare two days a week. So those days when Austin was really little and he was just a baby, now he's a toddler, so it kind of makes no difference. But when he was a baby and I was home alone with just a newborn two days a week, my days look very different than being home with a toddler. Because when you have a newborn, I mean, they sleep more. I had a little bit more time. I was a bit more tired from the perspective of I wasn't sleeping at night, but he was sleeping more during the day. So the two days a week where my toddler was in daycare looked very different than the days where I was home with her. So I basically had a different time blocking for each of those days, if that makes sense. But my point is, is that again, going back to don't compare to other people because your life, your, the support that you have from friends, family, spouses, partners, whatever, the goals that you have, the skill set that you have, everything is so dramatically different than the person that you're comparing yourself to on Instagram. So you have to really know and get down to the nitty gritty of what works for you. And that's going back to this list of knowing how much time you have, planning things by the week, picking tasks that are based on those goals that you actually set for yourself, and then blocking the time to do it. Okay, that's it for this episode. There's a couple places I want to direct you. If you want to grab the summary of the notes and the tips and some of the links that I talked about in this episode, you can go to mumbreak.ca slash episode eight, the number eight. And if you want to, you can go ahead and leave a review or subscribe to the podcast because it comes out every single Tuesday. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can go follow my blog at mum.break or you can follow the podcast at Mom blogging unplugged. Have a fantastic day.